0: Hello, this is your host Sonata Allison and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello everyone, hope you're having a wonderful day today. So as you can see, we'll be talking about a little bit of a heavier topic, but I think it was actually a good conversation. It's not going to be like anything that needs a trigger warning but it's really just helping people to see what marital abuse can look like when people try to use scripture and uh church culture to be abusive in marriages so i think it'll be helpful for anyone and everyone that wants to just be able to see red flags know what to expect from healthy relationships and gana has a thriving coaching business and platform that she talks about literally this exact topic often. So definitely wanted to have her on. Um, Definitely don't think that this topic is talked about enough in church and making sure that people are deciphering scripture correctly. So I'm glad to have this conversation. So before we hop into that, remember, guys, we are on our way to 100 episodes. So if you guys can leave me some ratings, give me some stars on Spotify and Apple so we can get to that goal. There might be a reward. There might be something free for y'all. So I'm just letting you know that. Um, But yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get right into it. All right. Hello Gina. How are you doing today? Good, Sonata. How are you? Good to be here. I'm also doing good. Thank you for asking. All righty. So when I have someone new on the podcast, I usually ask them a question similar to this. Um, what is something the Lord is teaching you about himself
1: right now? And why do you believe that? Hmm. That he's gentle. That he's a gentle, he's a safe and a gentle God. Mm. Um, because my past is has not been a gentle gentle or a safe God mm. so I've been in a season of years actually <laughs> of learning re- and learning some of the things that I learned about God and learning the truth about God and about yeah. Jesus that's really yeah. good that's so good
2: <laughs>
0: that's always nice to have that reminder like I know he's such a huge God, but he's also gentle and, and safe. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell the people who you are, why you're here, what you do, all that good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, so I'm Gayna. I am a marriage coach and an author and a writer, blogger over at intentionaltoday.com. So I used to blog primarily on just marriage stuff, just good old marriage stuff. And just how to uh, work through situations as a couple and just how to thrive. And I would coach women. I've done that for years, over 10 years, actually. Wow. Um, And then I began to make a shift a couple of years, uh, like maybe actually a couple, but maybe four, five years ago, uh, I did a shift that was brought on by many things that were happening in my life. And now fully transitioned to not just talking about marriage, but also abuse mm. uh, and how healthy marriages ought to look like. So I help, my focus right now is to help wives have clarity about the type of problems they're experiencing in marriage so they can address those problems with confidence and with courage.
0: Mm, beautifully said. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so... I found you on the Instagram and I was like, oh, she is preaching (laughs) on here. So I need her to come on the podcast and talk about this topic. Obviously, like it's very taboo to have that conversation, but that's what I do here. So (laughs) might as well bring someone on who specializes in it. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: You're welcome. And I'm so glad that you're having these conversations. They are so, so important. Mm-hmm. They're not easily accepted because they're not, you know, they're not, they're, they don't feel nice, you know, <laughs> on our psyche or to the people that feel like it's going off what Christianity ought to look like uh, or what the typical cultural norms are. Uh, but they're so important. They are mm-hmm. so important to have. Yeah. So thank
0: you so much for coming on. So my question, my first question to you is being that this is such a taboo topic, how did this even become like your inspiration? Like what, what inspired you to even have these conversations?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier that I, I went through, okay, quickly, I went through certain personal experiences and those around me, like, first and foremost, I got really really sick for a long 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 time <laughs> you know 2018 and just had this chronic condition that was not just resolving regardless mm-hmm. of the doctors and interventions and so I was in such pain like crazy mad pain all the time 24 hours a day wow. and so all the like I I was running from doctor to doctor like all all the stuff and then all the Christian answers that I had been told that this is what you need to do. were not working in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm I'm doing all the Christian thing I've been told to do. And it's not really working. It's not really giving me the answers that I thought I should see. Um, And so that began to get me on a journey of discovering like who, who God, who are you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like for real, for real, who are you? Because who I've been taught to believe you are isn't just exactly panning out for my very, very personal, very deep hurt. Mm. Um, so that set me off in a place where I'm like, this is my, who is God? So I just dove into, as many of us, I think many people would do, is as they become mini theologians, they just dive into scripture to figure out the word, to figure out for themselves, not just what is has been passed on from the time they were little or the time they knew about God, so I, did, I went on a deep dive, like constantly studying the word of God for hours of a day because, you know, literally couldn't do anything else because I was homebound.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: then at the same time, friends of mine, and I was still a marriage coach, even with all my issues. So I had oh all my. these people coming to me. <laughs> yeah. So I had all these um, women that I was coaching and women I was writing, they would write to me because I have a blog. Um, they would write to me and also people in my close circle in life that from the outside it looked like their marriage issues were just like your regular everybody stuff you know mm-hmm. people just work through that and they get to the other side as a team but then over the months over the years you begin to discover because I was going through my own personal pain so it was so easy not easy for me but I guess I began to really empathize with other people who are going through pain that seems like an ending pain that doesn't have easy answers. Mm. So my empathy grew from there and other things as well, but those two are really, and then there was, okay, the third thing was research came out uh, by uh, the Sheila Gregor of uh, uh, the website. is called Bear Marriage. And so they did this massive research of like 20,000 conservative evangelical Christian women and they were asking them the question. Some of the questions they were basically the researchers looking at some of the things that contribute to healthy marital outcomes for women, Christian women. So they were looking at sex. So they were looking at marriage, and some of the things they found out was literally some of the things I was finding out in my own marriage uh, coaching business, and mm-hmm. as well as the, those people in my circle of life uh, that they were going through. And I was like, "This is it. This is the problem." Mm -hmm. And so for me, that shift, began. it didn't happen overnight, but it began to happen as new information and empathy began to develop and just being in tune with my own experiences Mm -hmm. and yet being able to empathize with the experiences of others. And then you have this new information that tells you this is where the possible problems are. Mm -hmm. And then now I acted on that and I could not be the same person. I could not teach marriage the same way that I used to teach marriage before.
0: Mm. Okay, so what makes you say that? Why couldn't you teach it the
1: same way? Because the old way was harmful. Mm-hmm. The old way was not addressing. Let me put it this way: the old way was harmful to some people. Let me not just say a blanket that the old way was harmful. Mm-hmm. It was harmful to everyone, but it was harmful to some people in the sense, um, in the sense of that the. Okay, here's how I look at it now. Like a, I don't know if it's a little simplify this. But I believe that people who talk about marriage, whether it's authors, pastors, influencers, anyone, you don't have to harm some people to help others. It's possible to approach a topic in such a way that it's super clear who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. It's possible not to use illustrations, like, for example, in the marriage space. So a lot of people will be like, oh, this does not apply to you if you're in an abusive situation. For example, you know, those who at least issue caveats, they will say something like this does not apply if your husband is like this or if your wife is like that this is your situation. And then they'll go out to tease out, they'll use illustrations and tease out the subject in a way that reels in the person who has um, those chronic marriage issues. Mm. For, let me just, a quick example, like. Like a month ago, I was reading this book that had been recommended like, oh, this is a great book. It handles everything with good balance and everything. And then I found the same problem where you say that this, they had big caveats that this is not for, you know, like abuse is wrong. Um, You you know, all the stuff people say. Mm -hmm. And then they go in one of the illustrations was a spouse, a husband in particular, who was so harsh with his wife. Like he was so harsh, she was done. He was harsh. He would just go on rants and rage and rage at her. He was verbally and emotionally abusive, clearly. All the things she was discussing were abuse situations. Mm. But then her answer was talking to the wife, getting her to understand what her husband was going through. There was nothing about her safety, nothing about um, what, what is actually happening is wrong and it is abuse Mm. you know and this is how you get from here all the advice was how can you understand your husband better how can you both the the woman was ready to leave but this author talked her right back to going back to her husband into and it's right there in a book that is celebrated by christians all over like this is the book for couples Mm. you know so and there are so many books like that sonata there's so many books where People say, yeah, abuse is wrong. You should never, you know, stay in abusive situations. But then they go on and give examples where they describe abuse Mm -hmm. and then they prescribe an answer for someone in a safe marriage. Wow. So there's a lot of confusion.
2: Yeah. There
1: just has to be clarity. And that's what I mean that, so somebody whose husband is not an abuser, can look at that and they're like, okay, this is a normal issue that we could work with. Like if it's, if it's your husband, if it's a husband who is like, you know, we're just not agreeing, then it's possible to find, okay, how do we work through this as a team, as a couple, mm-hmm. because there's honor and mutuality and understanding and empathy. There is this deep honor in that marriage. Both spouses are good and decent people. Mm-hmm. Then that can apply. Let's figure out, let's have strategies, Let's have um, communication skills and all the things that are good and necessary in a healthy, safe marriage. Mm-hmm. So that is so. But then, so that is possible. So you can do that. But then, if you're gonna do that for those people, you have to talk about what if your spouse is not safe, right? What if they're not decent? They're not good. They're not empathetic. They mm-hmm. don't take responsibility for their issues. They just want the privilege of you, but mm-hmm. not the responsibilities of you. What Ooh. then? Oh, So if you're going to as, as a person, you have to speak to both sides of the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. That is good.
0: Yeah. So as you're saying that, I'm thinking like, so would I mean, I can ask you too, like, how would you um, describe abuse? But also, would you would you say that the difference is like a moment of weakness compared to a pattern? Or how would you describe that because people do have moments of weakness and you don't say just throw the husband away or throw the wife away but how would you kind of explain like abuse then
1: yeah absolutely like that's why I I am still a marriage coach because I believe couples good healthy couples still need strategy Mm -hmm. they still need skills they still need people with a sense of like what is right and wrong they still need to get equipped, because we don't come into the world equipped with everything. We all mm-hmm. have different experiences and we need to know how do we actually make this relationship work. But then you're talking about one person who is healthy and another who's healthy. Not that by healthy, I don't mean perfect. I just mean growth related issues between two people who are actually already empathetic mm-hmm. and kind and generous and aware, self aware, you know, mm-hmm. to a level where they can actually like have a relationship with somebody else without harming them, you know? So yeah. So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to abuse, as you've said, it is patterns, like it's not a one-off behavior. Mm -hmm. So if for example, my husband comes home and maybe he's not, not that he does this, but maybe he's, he's come, it's been a long day. He's stretched, he's maxed out. And I'm like, Hey, babe. he's like, okay, babe, I, and maybe he's short with me for a second, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I need time and I don't get the connection that I'm looking for. That's a one-off thing that Mm -hmm. both of us can talk about and I can give him time. He can give me time. We can talk about it and continue, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's this one-off behaviors is fine. Or maybe somebody has trauma from their past, but they are willing and they're connecting and they're they're not using trauma as an excuse to perpetuate habits that harmed into their relationship. Mm-hmm. So yes, abuse is partens. And that's the thing when it comes to to that is that people can look at just the behaviors and say, oh, this is abusive. Yeah, it actually can be. But is this, person, is this person's desire ongoing? Uh, de- is it an ongoing drive to control somebody else, mm-hmm. to have power over somebody else, to exploit, to just have the advantages of a spouse or children or family mm-hmm. without the responsibility and obviously as we say it's patterns it's like oh we have a good time today we have a good time for one week or a good time for he looks okay for a month but then we have a week of living in hell at mm. some point it's like when you, if you're if you're just having absent because that's the thing about abuse it's not abuse is not hell 24 7. People are not abusive 24-7. That's why they can function. That's why they can hold a job. That's why they can can be loved by their mom and their family because they know how to act when they need something functioning. So Mm. it it can be patterns even to those they are living with because they need that supply. They need your presence. And so if they act like the devil 24-7, it's like what's going to keep you there? So they need to Mm -hmm. throw in those things that keep you present And then the real self comes out. It's just the real self comes out once in every now and then. So those patterns, those peaks and then valleys, those peaks and then valleys. And that's what one of the things that we do discuss. um, Back in the day when I was doing regular marriage coaching is like, even if you sit back in your marriage and look at like almost like reflect on your story, you know, how does it look like? How does your story look like? Do Mm -hmm. you have just ups and downs? Or even if the ups are like, you think it's 90%, -hmm. but if the 10% is so horrible to you, Mm -hmm. if the 10% just gets you to, you literally, this dissonance, Mm -hmm. can barely believe yourself anymore Mm -hmm. because you've been gaslit to believe something that you're not. If If you're getting physically sick, if like you have to look at it's not just oh he's good sometimes or he's good most of the times but it's like the bad how is it is it emotional abuse is it is it I is is he absent you know have you are you experiencing um emotional abandonment, abandonment? is he a criminal because we don't want want to talk about those things in the Christian world because just mm. assume when somebody is just a Christian they're good you know that's a, yeah that's good yeah. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, I, I, I can talk about this things for a while. <laughs> yeah, so. and I'll, I'll <laughs> sit here with you too. I don't, want, I don't
0: want to take over your podcast. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're
1: here is to hear you
0: talk. But <laughs> as you're explaining, you know, like as I'm hearing you, if I would be a pastor or a churchgoer, someone who actually loves Christ, it's hard for me to even believe that I would tell someone to stay in that relationship. So why do you feel like abuse is so accept- accepted in like some churches?
1: Yeah, you you raise a really really good point. Cause again, people will say, "I'll never tell anybody to stay in an abusive marriage." Never. Like if any woman or child comes to me and tells me my dad or my husband is abusive, I will tell them to leave. <laughs> you know, that's what we think we would do. But then you look at the things that we do tell women the the, the imbalance of power that a lot of conservative evangelical churches preach. And then he said, "Like, oh, you don't have to tell anybody anything because your preaching. Your theology is what is keeping women in abusive marriages mm-hmm. because they believe that's what being a good wife is all about, mm-hmm. you know. So, to so to to your question, abuse abusers, again, they thrive. They go where they can, um, they can get away with stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So, it is the faith community or church community, and it's not just." Christianity, even in other faiths as well, they go for where they can have easy access to the vulnerable, easy access to everyone, really. And when you become a Christian or whatever faith community you're in, you have easy access to people because you just say, I'm a Christian and everybody likes you (laughs) because you're Christian. Like, again, we think that we'll know abusers just by looking at them in the face. Like, yeah, that's an abuser. But actually, an abuser can be somebody who is, can be the greeter, can be the pastor, can mm-hmm. be the deacon. Because again, they go to, they will, they might, some of them will go to places that give them authority, that give them easy access to continue doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So there's that, whatever, of faith, uh, faith communities, because what comes with being a part of a faith community, there's easy trust
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and wow. availability of people. And then some of the teachings, that we teach, the things that we tell people in the faith community. For example, we we are big on love. We are big on submission. We are big Mm -hmm. on uh, forgiveness. We are big on turn the other cheek. But then unfortunately, some of our teachings, there's no balance. We don't balance it out to like, okay, this is scripture, yes. But what does the rest of scripture say? Yes. So we'll take one thing and run with it and do not care what the rest of scripture says. So this, I, this, this not being able to balance out scripture with, for example, for example, like we've just, um, Easter was just like a week ago. And I'm sure everybody has heard it with your Judas. Uh, everyone is welcome to the table, not everyone, but I think many people have heard the sermon (laughs) and the memes and stuff like Mm -hmm. even Judas ate, you know, everybody's welcome to the table. You should eat with your enemies. (laughs) That's like, that happened for sure. Jesus ate with Judas, washed his feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything Mm -hmm. happened. However, Jesus also said that you shall know my followers by their fruit. Mm. He also said that they sh- my followers shall be known by the love they have for one another. Mm. Paul also talked about in Corinthians and Ephesians, I think Corinthians 9 and Ephesians, uh, I, can, we, you, I can give you the um, exact scripture for the show notes.
2: Mm-hmm. But he
1: also talked about how, you, how basically to disfellowship people who call themselves believers, but they are adulterers. Yes. They are abusers. They have life altering addictions. He talks about being able, so basically the Bible, yes, has love, but within love, these boundaries. So you don't get to do whatever you want and just say, I'm a Christian. No, there's accountability. But I feel like in the church, we just want people to give the good stuff, give up the goods, but not expect accountability Mm. and so we have all these things that enable abuse because of that is fertile ground for abuse to take place Mm. you know that's you know and then there are other things like we teach abusive teachings like wives submit to your to your husbands without Mm. telling the husbands like you're supposed to submit to your wife too right you know that that's literally Ephesians 521. Paul talks to the church, and then lays out how does that look like for this particular culture we are in, and then finally, I think we don't address abuse because people just don't want it. Pastors don't want it. It's a tough subject, you know. It upholds everything for them, you know. It's it's just people just think that when you're talking about abuse, you're attacking the church or mm-hmm. you're attacking the marriage institution. But the truth is, when you say, this is not of Christ, I think we can do better. That is actually a very high view of marriage and a high view of how Christianity ought to look like. Mm. But we're so protective of our institutions, you know, the kingdom of God, the institution of marriage, the church, that we stopped valuing people. We just care about the big thing Mm. and not the... People yeah. that make up the big thing, and mm-hmm. Jesus was always for the people, yes. that's why he came to earth. Mm-hmm. It's not to build a, an athlete kingdom, you know, mm-hmm. that, like you know, I mean, he didn't come to build a big old church, it was all about the people. So, but we have pastors and we have leaders who are they're about platform, they're about keeping the church, you know, the money and all that. There's just so many details that go into it that these people just get lost in it all. Mm. And so it's very hard to 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 address something from the pulpit when, you know, it's going to annoy a lot of people mm. in the church and probably it's going to affect the tithe you're going to get hateful notes from your people saying, Mm. no, I don't think men behave like that. You know, or women should behave like that. It's, it's just hard. It's Mm -hmm. just hard to take a, to take a stand in this particular area.
0: Yeah. And I, I get that. And I think my heart, the way I think is so black and white, you know, it's like, I hear it, you know, I want to have compassion for people Mm -hmm. that don't want to have these conversations because it'll annoy their congregation. But I'm annoyed, right? I'm annoyed. It, it saddens me that these people are still in these. Like you know, like we have to get over. We have to get over ourselves at that point. Like you have to get over yourself and remember who Christ truly is. That sounds very like a Pharisee. I'm, you're not thinking about the people anymore. You're thinking about the the institution, and we have to just get over ourselves. Like who? I I just I don't want to like sound um, mean, but like, what about the people? You know, like. Is it really that important? And yeah. there are people in your congregation who are suffering. Is it is it worth that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We is we have to go back to the basics. It's it was never about anything but people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was always about the people. Jesus died for people, right? Um, and I hear you. I hear the frustration, and I hear and I love that point you've made that the pastors might not want to annoy their congregation, but the <laughs> congregation is already annoyed. Like. <laughs> Come right. On. Right. Deal with it. We yeah, that's a great point. You to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You actually said it, so I'm just repeating <laughs> something. That's what I got. Right. <laughs> it's like you not know, to annoy us, but you're already annoyed. Right. I so didn't. You better. We expect you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't think from the point of view where I'm in the congregation, annoyed at him. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, there are already there. Gotcha. Like me and you are in the congregation. Like, yeah, we're annoyed with you not saying anything. So there's already annoyance. So let's just have the conversation. And I think that goes hand in hand with like what I said earlier, like no one wants to talk about sex either, but there's also sexual abuse that's happening to with children and young kids who are getting into situations where if they were informed before they wouldn't have even gone in those, in those directions because they know that the emotional, the spiritual and the physical um, consequences of going into those spaces. So what do you think you would like say to a pastor who might want to have this conversation, may, where would they even start to have the conversation?
1: Yeah. So, and I'm hoping maybe you can you can have these links. I can send you some links to your show notes where people okay. can actually just go and click, but I'll just name uh, them. Okay. Uh, so a good place for pastors to understand, a, a starting point really mm-hmm. is to read books, educate yourself. Like mm-hmm. there's a book called um, Save the uh, uh, the Great Sick uh, the Great I was going to say safe sex. <laughs> the, the, the book is called Um the, Why Am I Blanking Out? The Great Sex Rescue. <laughs> okay. I've heard that. The Great Sex Rescue by yeah. Yeah. Sheila Gregor and Rebecca and Joanna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 to your point, you, you talked about the younger people, like People getting taken advantage of and mm-hmm. just carrying these burdens that were never theirs to carry. They have a new book coming out. It's called She Deserves Better.
2: Mm. And
1: that book is is made it's basically for for moms, but it's also for anyone who has like a young girl in their life. And okay. I'm not trying to promote the book, but it's just because we are talking about resources that even pastors can pick up.
2: Mm-hmm. And what
1: I love about this, like those are the books that I've mentioned, they're based on research. It's not just, okay, we think this is what the Bible says. They've actually done the work. The first Mm -hmm. book interviewed twenty thousand women. Mm -hmm. This other book has interviewed seven thousand women. Like done not just interviewed, but had um, deep research done, Mm -hmm. and then it's also it's biblically uh, totally biblically informed. Mm -hmm. So pastors can begin with the reading, like where where are people getting hurt, what and what do we need to do? Mm Because this you need this kind of information. Just know, okay, abuse exists, but it's like specifically who's getting hurt mm. and what can we change so that the, we stop the hurt and we take care of those who have been hurt. So yeah. there's a, you can check out Bear marriage. She has a great blog as well. bearmarriage.com. There's Sarah McDougall. She works, she's an abuse uh, and trauma uh, coach and recovery. So she runs hi and a co-founder run wilderness to wild.com. And it even has that particular website has a, a seminar for pastors. It's called Safer churches cool. where they literally, they get all, they get everything and they are able to do that. So just reading while it is Jimmy Hinton, um, there's uh, Patrick Weaver. There's so many resources online that pastors can, get and, I, and I'll send some of them to you so that you can attach them for those who want to Perfect. research further. Yeah. And
0: as you were talking, I'm thinking like, this is not even only for pastors. Like we as, as the ch- we are the church, so we should all, desire to be able to help people and like have a appropriate view of marriage and, and abuse as well, because there might be people in our lives that are experiencing it. It's like, we had no clue or, um, our, our viewpoint or the way that we communicated about abuse could hurt them as well. So that's another point as well.
1: Oh yeah. I agree. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's not just for those with authorities for us, because people do community with us right? and unless we are informed, we are just not going to be safe Mm -hmm. for people Mm -hmm. in our lives, those who need safety. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that is, that is really helpful to have those resources. So on the other hand, like we are supposed, there are different roles for women and men in marriage and different ways to be respectful to each other, you know, to submit to each other in different ways. And I think the church talks a lot or, or you've heard people say in the church, you know, like, praise your husband in public, uh, correct him in private. And the concept makes sense Mm -hmm. to me. And I think that should happen for women too, right? If your wife says something, like you want to praise him in public and correct him in private. But what might be your pushback to that quote?
1: Yeah, so because I move in the domestic abuse spaces and relational abuse really and trauma spaces, I know how that phrase is a weapon, for women, and mm. just generally people in relationships with men. And, you know, we are all interacting with men all the time. So we've been told that men, so that statement, men, you know, don't correct him, you know, men need praise or don't correct a man, in, don't correct your husband in, 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 in public. Mm. So that is, I agree with you, that absolutely spouses, or even if it's your brother, there's this you can praise one another. You can praise each other if you want to for mm-hmm. character, for achievements. It's like there's nothing wrong with being affirming or cheerleading somebody like that's that's cool. That's mm-hmm. okay. The problem is when that the responsibility for a man's emotional health is placed on the woman. And typically that statement is found in marriage, particularly conservative evangelical churches where you're told, hey, your husband needs praise. And if you don't praise him, he's going to get it at work. He's going to get it from some, like, literally, I see this all the time. Mm-hmm. Somebody will, some statements, some meme will be like, if you don't give it to your husband at home, he's going to get it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's going to get it at work. He's going to get it. I'm like, come on, dude. You know, <laughs> like, that doesn't even make sense. But we perpetuate this idea that the, that, Women are responsible for the emotional health of their husband, that unless I massage his ego, unless I speak those things to him, he's somehow so frail and fragile that he's going to collapse, or he's going to go panting out there looking for somebody to give him a drink of praise, which is, again, there's a place for mutual honor and mutual affirmation in a relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have that in our marriage. My husband is, is is a great guy, and we have that in our relationship. But I'm saying when that, when, when a man who's, for example, crave men who have internalized that conversation that they are old praise, that the husband wife needs to, you know, to lift him up in public. What they are not expecting is any pushback whatsoever. Like they are, they take criticism as you're correcting me. I'm the leader. That mm-hmm. you're correcting me. Like women hear these conversations, you need to praise your husband in public and correct him in private. And what they are internalizing, whether marriages are either problematic or just downright harmful, is I need to constantly magnify him and Mm. make myself smaller and Mm. smaller. So I need to fish for all the good stuff imagined or not, whether they're there or not. Because so again, at the same time, you're trying to build a healthy marriage. Like as, as a wife, even if your marriage is horrible, you're you're still having hopes that he can be better. So you've been told that if you praise him, you're drawing out the good in him, which is a lie. Because mm. if if darkness resides in somebody, there's no way you're going to draw out any good in there. Ooh. You might draw out some, some um, you know, some masking right, or somebody pretending they're something else mm-hmm. a facade but it's you're really never going to you cannot change somebody from who they are to who you want them to be because human beings do not have that power mm. that's that's the power people have and when they allow god to shift things in them then they can change so the problem i have with that statement is that it keeps women in this state of dissonance where they're like i'm gonna praise i need to praise him but at home There's nothing to praise, like the real, Mm. real, real guy. There's nothing you can say of of your spouse that he is overall a good person. Wow. And so, but you're supposed to come up with information, things to praise him and not to correct him at all. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to leave, because again, abuse has that. People have um, masks. So they have a public persona and a private persona. So as a wife who has a really difficult or unhealthy or a toxic spouse, you're supposed to not ever discuss your private persona. So you ignore all that and constantly praise your husband in public or social media or do, and never correct him. not even never. So again, we might take that to mean, I cannot talk about my issues with anybody who's safe because that's going behind my husband's back. So they never get any help because they've just been put into this mindset of, I cannot correct my husband. I cannot, I have to, I have to make myself smaller and make himself bigger because that's what he needs. That's what he needs. But all they are feeding is this dysfunction and harm in the relationship. And then what happens is, and I've seen this, Christians will be like, when everything blows up, they're like, oh, we had no idea things were that bad. Why did she say anything? And I'm like, we told her not to. We coached her not to say anything. And then now when things are bad, we're like, we are literally witnessing the fruit of our mindset, the things that we told her to do. So it just doesn't do good to anyone Yeah. to have a place where you're being told you have to lift. And then the other thing, men men can be healthy all by themselves. We've been taught to coddle men and just like they're little boys and they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not. They can, man, Sonata, you go out into the world and you're not waiting for like, I need somebody to lift me up. If I don't get it, I'm going to just go get it from whoever. No, Mm -hmm. we both are capable of being um, people of character, people of integrity. Mm -hmm. Even if we are not getting what we think we deserve, we are not going to leave our character because somebody is not giving us what we think we deserve
0: yes yeah and i think the yeah. the world weakens men in that way to where it's just like boys will be boys so then they don't even learn that they can be held accountable and that they are strong beings and they rely on the world around them to be what they need for them when they have it within themselves already um so that is a really good point like i love to uplift men in that way i know it's it's very counterculture right now (laughs) to uplift men. But I think if we uplift them and help them understand, like you are fully capable of being an emotionally stable person on your own. It's not a woman's, um, it's not a woman's responsibility. Um, And you can have your own good character, regardless of what a woman is doing or what another man is doing around you and allow, hold them accountable in that way. And know that they can do that by themselves and they don't have to look for it somewhere else. Like, and that also what where is Christ in all this then? If you're so incapable that you have to rely on a woman to be emotionally stable, yeah. that's just nowhere to be found in the Bible. And it's just not a real thing. Yeah. So I do. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you saying
1: that. Um, I was
2: yeah, going to say. And, and, so,
0: yeah.
1: Sorry. Just to add to what you've said, like men are actually capable of doing they're capable of going to God, to Christ and getting all the answers that they need, getting the healing that they need. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I observe as well is, um, just saying that it's not that men cannot even crave. I'm not saying that if now if you feel like you're you're craving this, you have this desire for your wife to just mother you and just make tell you how great you are. And you just have a you just find yourself because again, when men have internalized certain messages, even not just men, even women mm-hmm. who have internalized certain unhealthy messages, they're going to come out because they believe them. Mm-hmm. So, but my point is if you find yourself craving this affirm to be affirmed by your wife in this way. Mm-hmm. If you find that you can barely take correction and you just think her correcting you is like, oh, she's against me, you know. If you mm-hmm. find that you're you're having this thing stirring up in you, you don't the answer is not to demand that from her, is to literally take yourself to Jesus. Take yourself to a therapist and figure out what's going on within you Mm -hmm. and just grow. Mm -hmm. So just having these feelings and emotions doesn't make you evil. It's what you do when these things are happening. It's like, okay, I need to sit with myself and I need to reflect. And I need to figure out what does growth look like for me? What does bearing good fruit look Mm -hmm. like for Mm me? So absolutely, what you're saying is true. Men can be good. Men can get healthy all yes. by themselves. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that is
0: so yeah, yeah, definitely. And just getting it out loud cuz I'm thinking like when when things are left in the dark, that they, they only fester, right? So just saying it out loud and letting your wife or your husband know like this is a struggle for me and I'm I'm having a hard time receiving criticism. Just say it out loud. And hopefully that's a per- a safe person that can hear you and work with you in that. But if you keep allowing it to be something you're keeping from your spouse, it'll continue to fester just because you think they, they don't know it, it's still affecting your marriage just because you haven't verbalized it. Um, and also to the point where you were saying, uh, with this, this quote where you correct them in private, that also allows for public humiliation. If you can't correct him in public, right. Then you just, people just get to watch you be abused and you say nothing in response. Where is your worth then? Yeah what is that teaching you as well? Like I have no worth in public for sure. And definitely not in private anymore. So where does the, where do those people go? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love love that. It's, it's actually something I hadn't even gotten into It's like, then, I mean, you're still a whole human being with whole agency and whole like autonomy. Mm -hmm. And so you're supposed to be creating this thing as two adult individuals. So that means when the other is coming into another person's space, I'm not saying, you know, we are not even implying that you yell or scream or something, unless Mm -hmm. it's required, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes you have to do some things for safety purposes. But I'm just saying it's, it's, again, I think that's the aspect of infantilizing men,
2: Mm. where we
1: think that men cannot take, correction in public, or they are so fragile, they cannot take like, hey babe, I I didn't like that. Or it's like, you cannot have mature conversations in public thinking because you think it's disrespectful to men or Mm -hmm. disrespectful to to the relationship. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, what that leads to is one person becoming smaller and smaller, their needs not being valued Mm -hmm. and you're not being able to stand up for yourself because you were told you're not supposed to be quiet yet. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be quiet yet. somebody's doing things that are like, even if it's a healthy marriage, literally that's what it is. Two healthy people can have even a hard conversation to within some parameters of course in public Mm -hmm. and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And if you're being minimized so often in your marriage, then that, that makes me question if like, what even is a helpmate then, right? So why why can't a woman who's supposed to the, the key word in in that phrase that a woman is expected to be is help? So don't you want your wife to help you have good integrity? Don't you want your wife to help you honor honor the Lord well by loving you well? So why? Why can't why that's a that's a helpful opportunity. So your husband should be able to respond well to your help in public. Or in private. And it can be a conversation where he says, I don't appreciate how you said that to me, but he should still be able to appreciate you helping him love you better. Um, So that's what I want to ask too. How would you describe a healthy helpmate in this situation?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, when it comes to who wife or helpmate is in marriage, for me, it's a simple answer partner. You're just a partner, you're both partners. And that's that, like, that's the healthiest Mm -hmm. baseline that a relationship can have, where there's mutuality, where both people matter, where there isn't a power imbalance, that one person is higher than the other. So both spouses, while yes, we do bring different things into our relationship, for example, a woman is the only person who can carry a baby, Mm -hmm. for example, like there are biological issues that we can clearly see that we are different in different ways. So I'm not in any way saying that we just discard things that are so obvious. Mm-hmm. But for me it is about partnership. That's what a wife is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A partner to the husband. The husband is a partner to the wife and together they create this relationship that the way it's meant to be.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: for, for my my personal belief is no hierarchy in marriage. Both people are um, are equal. They're both respectful. They both honor each other and they treat each other with respect, with honor, goodness, fidelity. Um, nobody's minim- you know, minimized. Nothing is justified or pushed aside. It's like, oh, you're a woman, I'm a man. No, just two normal adults who are just creating a great relationship and mm-hmm. research again has shown that those are the marriages that tend to last mm-hmm. and they tend to be the healthiest not just last because again how long a marriage lasts is not a measure of of how good that marriage is right but the healthiest marriages are where people act as partners mm-hmm. not where one person is holding um the authority quote, or one person is where there's a power imbalance mm-hmm. you know so the health; those are the healthiest marriages. Uh, the Godman of Godman did that research, and yeah. uh, the Bear Marriage um, team also did that research, and they came out to that thing. And we see that in Scripture; they're basically confirming what what Scripture says that we are both created in the image of God, mm. and so there's no there's no one who is more of an image of God than the other. Mm. We're both the same.
0: That's good.
1: Yes, there are things that we bring into the relationship and this it's functional, literally. It's got nothing to do with gender. It's simply function, you know, the same way if, if for example, has a wife maybe has a better paying job or better career prospects. They might decide, okay, she's going to do the work and the husband is going to raise the kids, you know, going to stay at home, raise the kids and do his side thing. So mm. it's just, it's it's got nothing to do with gender. So you mm. make decisions and you do your marriage, not based on these gender roles, but basically what works for us right now, what works for us. And then you, what is within because we are followers, what's what's within our values as a Christ-centered couple, if you're Christ-centered. It's like you work based on partners and mutuality as opposed to mm-hmm. things that are put on you that you're like, okay, how does this apply? Mm-hmm. Let me just quickly give an example. So my husband and I are from the background of husband's lead and wives submit. So mm-hmm. gender roles, that's what we believed growing up. That's what we were taught, that's what we knew. But funny thing is, in our marriage, and I believe many people who believe that uh, the, the that husband has more power, makes decisions, leads the family, the wife follows, people, those who believe that, and that was my husband and I, those who believe that, but they actually have healthy marriages, act like partners in a relationship. Mm. So they might say, my husband leads, but if you look at how they do their marriage, they're more like partners, more than, oh, my husband is leading. And I, they talk out stuff. Mm-hmm. They stay up <laughs> talking about things. The husband is not gonna make decisions that the wife doesn't approve of. They they do they do things together
2: mm-hmm.
1: as partners. Now, if the if, so if saying that you're doing something doesn't mean that it's actually what you're doing. And I found that in many. Uh, complimentary you know, of people who do the gender roles mm-hmm. that we will say, because that's what we're told to say at church. So we will say, this is what we're doing. Even the pastor will say, this is what we're doing. But then at home, <laughs> they're functioning more like partners. Yeah. Now, those who actually believe that the husband is the leader and the wife is a follower, those who act that out are the ones with the unhealthy marriages, because there's no way you're going to have a healthy marriage the research shows 85% uh, where the man, for example, make has that veto power or decision-making power, where mm-hmm. he has the power. John Gottman found out 85% of those marriages end up exploding. Sheila Grego found the same thing. Her, percentage, her percentages were close or around the same as John Gottman. Okay. So it's the end. And another research by, um, forgetting this, is a conservative uh, Christian I'll get I'll get that out to you. They okay. found out that one in four uh Christian marriages are actually harmful you know wow. so it's not like it's a message that is out there not' as harmful but abusive mm. so it's not a message that's out there. it's what are we teaching what are we telling people to do versus what we ourselves? are actually doing. Quick one, I I listened to a pastor the other day talk about how, so they were discussing about, oh, how they're both, the husband leads and the wife follows. And then so the wife talked about, okay, this is what it means for my husband to lead. And then the husband, it was a husband's turn, like, okay, so what does leadership mean to you? And then he said something to do with, I forget the the exact words, but it's just basically like, just love my wife. You know, like such a simplistic, because people are expecting like this huge mm-hmm. list of what husbands do. Mm-hmm. So, but they were at the front telling people that wives, oh, he actually said, I submit to my wife. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. So the wife is like, I submit to my husband. And I was like, yeah, I submit to my wife. But then they, they just talked about gender roles. Mm-hmm. So there are no gender roles per se. They're just submitting to one another. Yeah. And that's what a healthy marriage is. You submit to each other. So yeah. when we say that, you know, wives submit, husbands submit, partnership. And it's that it's that simple and perhaps not so simple, but
0: Right. It's that simple and complex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah, I know some people are not gonna like what you just did. <laughs>
1: they're not going like that i know <laughs> they're all over my my inbox right. and, and, and 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 facebook yeah. and i know i know it's very unpopular especially yeah. in my african culture oh yeah and our african-american culture here mm-hmm. like it's because literally our cultures already are baked in with patriarchy and male entitlement like yeah. that's yeah. That's the sea we swim in. Mm. So you try to say that, hey, women and men are the same. Mm-hmm. Some men and women feel like, oh, now you're putting men down. It's like, no, actually what we're doing is bringing women up to where the men are.
2: Mm. We're just
1: trying to be equal here. Yeah. But again, as, and we've seen it elsewhere, where people, the, those who are privileged, feel like they're getting attacked when other people say hey we want your privilege too we want to be equal Mm -hmm. but they feel like you wanting the same privilege they have is an attack on them
0: yeah i'm gonna have to sit with that i'm gonna have to sit with that for a (laughs) minute. that was some great (laughs) points those were some great points So as you guys heard, I said I wanted to sit with that for a little bit longer. And I did. And I agree with 98% of that point that she just made there. I honestly think this could be really semantics. Like, I don't think any of what the conversation we're having right now is salvific. But I do think that the Lord says in, in marriage that we're supposed to submit to our husbands. There's many scriptures, I think way more that say That we're supposed to submit to our husbands than anything else they talk about how he is the head of our families and the bible says as the husband uh submits to christ the wife submits to him and the bible also outlines how um, much responsibility a man has to his family so um i think it's similar to the lord he is the lord of our lives regardless of him treating us as equal Um, with that being said i do stand with the scriptures that speak about the man being the head but also about scriptures that hold men accountable to loving well in that role. I think men are supposed to be the leaders of love. So that's why I think you could probably view what I'm saying as the same thing as what Gaina is saying. Um, I think equal submission can exist in a relationship where a man is still the head, because that is literally the epitome of a good leader. And I think that's the, a better image of Christ in the church. So I think you can't have a man that leads well, that loves the best, and it might literally end up looking like equal submission. So just want to add that I've been thinking about it. So just want to share that with you guys as well. So let's get right back into it. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So to shift a little bit, because I know we're, we're talking a lot about what healthy looks like, but I wonder um, for people who are friends with or in re- relationship with people that, might be being abused or um, just you want to be mindful of this in in dating or in your own life, Um, what are some signs to look for while people are dating or even in marriage that they didn't even notice that are in an abusive relationship or they're trying to avoid?
1: Yeah, so another good question. So the thing about abuse, and I think we talked about it earlier, uh, is that abuse is patterns. It's not a one-off behavior. Mm -hmm. It's like patterns that occur in a relationship, cycles. It Mm. happens in cycles. It happens in patterns, but those patterns are consistent. Mm.
2: So when it comes
1: to people just being able to know that abuse is present, they cannot just watch for just one-off. Now, obviously, they are one-off behaviors, which just is a... Big red flag. Right. If somebody pushes you or does something physical with you, mm-hmm. you don't need to read anything else. You'll know. Yeah. But a lot of abuse is emotional, psychological, mental, sexual, um, financial, cultural. So you some of these things will need more a little bit of nuance and a little bit of not nuance, like a little bit of more like. Zoom out to figure out what's going on because it will just be on your face. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who wants to figure out if their relationship is healthy or not. Or if the person they are seeing is healthy or not, there are resources to help you.
2: Okay. Because uh,
1: I, can, I can name off behaviors. And you'll be like, because mm-hmm, you rationalize it in your brain. Mm. Or it can be just something that happens. Because again, we said it's not behaviors. It's the patterns of those behaviors. Mm. And not just the patterns, it's like the person who's doing this, what are their motivations? So the motivations for abusers are primarily two, but obviously it's a whole lot of field, but it's somebody wanting to exact power and control over you. So they will exploit, they will deceive, they will do everything, change up behaviors to suit whatever works for for the victim, as long as they are able to maintain power over you, as long as they can be able to control you and manipulate you and exploit you. So for example, we might say, we might call out a behavior and say, okay, when he just stalks you on social media Mm -hmm. or he wants to see your phone to know who you talk to and all that. But then you're like, well, even I do that with his phone sometimes, I grab his phone and look at it Mm-hmm. But you're looking at his phone. What's your drivers? You're probably doing it because he does to you. Mm-hmm. So your goal is not just is not to manipulate. It's not to control him and maintain power per se. You're probably mimicking what he does. But what is his goal? What is his intention? Mm-hmm. Power, control, exploitation. So you. So for people who want to figure out again, there are resources and there's a resource called Is it abuse? And that on it's totally free, short videos as well. Will show you what to look out for in abusive situations and well, like what what are the what are red flags should you look out for? There mm-hmm. are the other resources that give you the green flags, like what how does a safe relationship look like? Mm-hmm. As for me, safe, safe again is you can just flip that are there patterns of goodness in yeah. this person, mm-hmm. patterns of character. In this person, you know, fidelity, gentleness, just look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit.
2: Mm. Can
1: you see it in this person consistently? There is no private persona versus public persona. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the same person, whether they're talking to me, whether they're talking to their mother, to their, to the waiter, it's all the same.
2: Mm. Like, can
1: you see these things displayed throughout when you're dating or when you, or are they two-faced? One way with somebody else, another way are they just boys or just a man boy who's like, you need to take care of me. Mm-hmm. You're my wife. You need to take care of me. You know, like are they, there's just so many things that go into the harmful abusive persons and you have to look into this. It's like you consider is there mutuality that mutuality is so important because it sets women up for abuse, horrible. Because we tell women, one person is higher than you. So when a guy is doing, say, for example, in church, we are told men, men are leaders. Men are leaders. That's when I was dating, that was the thing. That the man is the leader. So that puts the mind, the frame. The So when a guy is trying to take over your life, when a guy is like speaking in a certain way, when he's overriding your decisions, when he's just rushing all over you. You're just saying, oh yeah, he's being, he's just being a good leader as you we were told. He's mm. just being a leader as opposed to seeing this, oh, these are red flags because a good guy will not minimize me. A good guy will not justify things that make me uncomfortable. A good guy will be aware that there's something called consent. Mm. You know, the will, so, but then some of these things are framed as being a leader. Yeah. So, We need to get educated on what is actually a healthy relationship. It's got nothing to do with what should be, but what it is. What am I having on the table of my relationship? And then be able to discern that. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of good information that and we can share that with your listeners and readers so that they know. Because again, it's not readily available mm-hmm. for us Christians. Yeah, It's like, you have a whole lot of stuff, 10 ways to have a great marriage, mm-hmm. but there are no 10 ways to escape a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's good. And we'll definitely
0: get to that part. But as you were talking, it, bring me, it brings me back to what you said earlier, how there are some verses that tell us that in certain situations, you need to wipe your hands of people. So why does that stop at marriage? <laughs> Why are we not having that conversation where it, it stops at, why does it stop at marriage? Um, so I thought that was a great point, but yeah, I guess we can just kind of go into that as well. Like if, if people want to leave a, a relationship or they've already made a decision to what's a wise way to like approach conversations about leaving the abuser with people who might disagree with their decision.
1: Yeah, so it's funny you bring that up because just today on my, I have a Facebook page, uh, Intentional Today. So just today, this afternoon, I shared something to do exactly with that. That's the Lord. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, like someone wrote to me and they were like, how do I explain to my family mm. about what I have to do, what I needed to do? And she needed to escape from her, uh, from a, her abuser, her husband. Um, and again, a lot of the abuse in the Christian circles is not physical. It, it ends up being physical, like it affects your body physically and you get sick and all that. But a lot of it is emotional. So she's like, how do I explain to these people? Because they, they don't get it. Mm. They see that somebody is a great person on the outside. They're able to put up a show with them, but not with me at home. That's just that's just a facade. So I was, I was telling what I was sharing was if... Somebody is asking for a Bible verse when you're telling them that you need to make this life-saving decision. Mm -hmm. It is a sign that they are not safe. Mm. If I need to convince you, me, human being, person, created in the image of God, standing in front of you, I'm telling you, I needed to get away from my home for like three days because my husband is in a rage or we don't feel safe or something. And you're asking me, what's the Bible verse? Mm -hmm. Like, Bible proof, please, you know, that is a sign that you are not safe. And so for me, because I am advocate for women, like that's my crew, like women and children who in this situation is like, it is not your job (laughs) to convince people who don't want to see you as a person, who Mm -hmm. do not understand life-saving decisions. It is not your place. Women have so much going on, so much going on on their plate already at that point that to even now start creating space for like, now I need to explain to my family why I needed to leave him. Mm -hmm. That's adding like, it's like, it's adding a burden on their plate that they cannot carry. It's like somebody who is carrying like 1,000 pounds on their back. And instead of somebody coming and saying, hey, let me just help you. What, What can I do? To help you carry this, so that you don't die, you know. How can I? How can, can I put a shoulder? What What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. But in case, but instead of that, they're like, explain this to me. Give me a Bible verse for why this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even human to do that to people. Yeah. So, for me, people who are trying to leave the situations is what you need is a safe person, and safe people are not easily found. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why these communities of women, and a lot of them. I have connection with many online communities and now everybody, a lot of people have internet, but then again, for women who are escaping dangerous marriages, they cannot just be anywhere on social media because they get stalked
2: Mm. by their abusers.
1: So typically what they do, what you need to do, if you're in a safe situation is create another profile, create a new Google Gmail, create a new name profile on Facebook and join these communities. You never new names, everything, and you never even have to say a word in those platforms. Just show up, learn all the free information, what you need to do, because you can't just up and go. It's not possible. It's not safe for women mm. to just up and go when once they discover this abuse. Because mm. there's so much that the, the, the abuser will probably accelerate their abuse. They're probably not financially able to leave.
2: Mm. There's so
1: much that goes on. But at least just starting to gather awareness, feeling affirmed, you start to get a place to breathe and a place to get equipped and encouraged as you're figuring out your next step. Yeah, that's really good.
0: That is really helpful, yeah. And yeah. it is it is really yeah. complex. You know, when you want to leave, you have to make sure yeah. you have everything in order and you're, you know, making... You, then then there's children in the mix sometimes too, so you have to figure that out as yeah. well. And yeah, so yeah, I think you've definitely gave them a lot of good information too. Um, and I just remembered something from the last, uh, topic we were talking about with like decide, like knowing how he's an abuser and you're talking about there's patterns and something my mom would tell me is you have to see them in different seasons. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. who are abusive <clears throat> like to begin the relationship and hop into marriage as quickly as possible sometimes. So you're stuck, right? You're stuck with me now. And in, in, the, in it looks like, Oh, he loves me so much that he wants to be married to me so quickly. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I tell my friends, you're like oh Sonata, I feel like when you get married, it'll be quick; it'll happen quickly. I might want to marry him quickly, but for my for my heart and my mind, I don't think I could even do that with before a year. You know, like my because my mom told me like yeah. you need to see people in all their seasons, and I think that's a beautiful way to say it. But it helps you see people's patterns um, if you wait longer to um, commit yourself to somebody.
1: Yeah, I love I love that I love that bit by your mom about different. Basically, give it time. Mm -hmm. give it time, see him in different seasons, see each other in different seasons. But also I want to add that sometimes they are so good. Mm -hmm. Abusers are so good at masking. Mm -hmm. They're so good at masking. There are countless women have gotten married. Yes, there's the one who come and sweep you off your feet and and you'll be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is the one and you'll get married, you know, quick marriage, Mm -hmm. for example. Or even you'll date for five years Mm. And the guy was just fantastic. But then you get married, and over the years, you discover this was a front to get Mm. me here. Mm -hmm. He gave me what he thought I needed because that's just a thing is that abusers they will study you. Yeah,
0: it's a good point. They will
1: study what you want, what Mm. you need. They will ask the right questions, and they will deliver that up to you. So if you say I want to finish school, I want to do yeah, yeah, they'll give you that Mm -hmm. because their goal is like what's the end goal i will have this person in my pocket i'll have them i'll have can wield power and control over them i can exploit them i can betray them they're looking for basically a source supply for their for their stuff Mm -hmm. so i and then of course we have all the teachings we've been given uh, as women that all the red flags are baptized christianese things oh he's a leader uh, I'm supposed to forgive. Yeah. So you might see a red flag, but but you're thinking, oh, uh, every couple goes through problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or yeah, this is just a piece of conflict. So you end up getting married, not because you didn't see anything, but even what you saw had an explanation to it. Yeah. And so what I do tell women is when you see something is happening, whether it's dating, even if you've dated them for six years, even 10 years, whatever, mm-hmm. or if you forgot married, And then you still see these patterns begin to emerge. You are not the problem when it comes to safety at that point. It is not the time to actually figure out how did I, there'll be a season for that. Like, how did I end up here? But yeah. that is like way down the line when you're mm-hmm. in that season of, OK, now I'm growing now. I'm, but this season is all the time to say, OK, now I made my bed. I guess I lie in it because mm-hmm. people will tell you that, yeah. you know, so it's 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 OK if you didn't see it or mm-hmm. if you saw it and it was somehow rationalized away, you are not the problem, the abuser is a problem. Yeah. And he knew how to get you in there or even through some things that had happened to you, teachings and all that, that brought you there, you're not responsible for somebody's harmful patterns. Your only responsibility at that point is like, how do I get out? How do I stay safe? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you making that point too. Um, And it reminds me too of how the Bible talks about what happens when you break a covenant with God or with people in the Bible, that covenant is gone. It's done for. So you broke the covenant. If he broke yeah. the covenant, then he's 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 nulled it on his own. That's not because of what you've done or anything. He mm-hmm. nulled his vows, the covenant he made before you and God, and divorce has already happened. <laughs> he did that on his own part. Yeah. Um. So. One
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that. So, um, is there any like lasting things that you want people to remember from this conversation before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I. I think we've we've touched on so much and this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I know it's it's, it's rough in the Christian world to talk about this thing. So I really appreciate that we were able to have a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. But if there's anything that I would want women to know, and even men, is that God is kind. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: God is good. God is kind. And so, if our marriages, if our, and God is love, like when you think about love, what love. Mm-hmm. So, God is good, God is kind, God is gentle, God is not a monster, God is not an abuser. So, if you see things in your relationship as a pattern, cycles that are not reflecting of God, it is 100% okay to stop and take stock about what is going on Mm -hmm. and think, how does safety look like for me? Not how do I fix him? How do I fix the relationship? It is not your job, as another say, to fix the abuser. It is your only responsibility is how do I and my children, how do we say, how, because God's desire is not for me to be abused. God is not an abuser. And Christ said, "Well, no, people, they follow us by their fruit and by love. Do they love one another? So if that's not what you're experiencing in your relationship, if you if instead of that you're experiencing harm, it is okay to stop. I'm a mm-hmm. Christian. She's a Christian. So you can. This is like from within the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. We're telling you mm-hmm. that you deserve to be safe. Mm-hmm. You deserve joy. You deserve respect. You deserve." to live in peace you deserve loyalty you deserve fidelity Mm -hmm. you deserve a healthy relationship and when it's not there when it's harmful you matter more than the relationship
0: Mm, that's good that is so good yeah Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: so where can the people
0: find you if they want to look for you
1: yeah, so you can find me at intentionaltoday.com. That's my website. I got a lot of blogs and resources and all that. You can also find me at on Facebook, Intentional Today. At Intentional Today, that's a Facebook page. You can also find me at, on Instagram, Ngena Otiende, N-G-I-N-A-O-T-I-E-N-D-E. Now, I had books. I had books and courses before. But I pulled them down last year when I did a shift in ministry. Mm. So I'm updating all that and they'll be able to uh, launch them back into the world. While when I'm done cleaning them up, making sure that nobody gets harmed by anything that I've ever written Mm. or anything that I've seen. So, yeah. yeah. But you can come along with me, Instagram, Facebook, on the blog, email. Please sign up for my emails. I send out weekly emails as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to like honor you for a second with you being mindful of that. And I think a lot of people don't do that where they go back and realize like I've said some things or done things that may have been harmful. So I want to make sure I correct that. So I do think it's awesome that you're, you're doing that and you're mindful of what you have done and what you're going to do. So um, that's awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you. you know you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Remember to kiss the sun, speak the truth, and love. And I'll be talking to you in two weeks. Bye.